0: Good morning, time for the farm show here at the shank of the day on Wax 104.5, as Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Boesel, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets... 13 First Alert Weather will look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the Farm Show on Wax 104.5.
1: Good morning. You've got Jill Welke here to help you do those chores. And those chores seem to be coming a little bit easier because it's warmer outside. 38 degrees right outside our back door. And uh, we've got a lot of chores to get through. We're going to be talking about the low water levels and how it uh, pertains to the Panama Canal. We're going to look at some statistics put out by the National Agricultural Statistics Service and the Wisconsin Farm Bureau-backed bills. They've made it through a bunch of the assembly. We're also going to visit with Uh, Matt and Sam Radetsky. They are the 2026 Wisconsin Farm Technology Days hosts and they were just announced. Got to learn a little bit more about the farm and and visit with them yesterday. It was kind of interesting how the whole you know the life leads you in different directions and he was going one way with some uh, welding and all of a sudden he's back at the farm so that's Radetzky's No Joke Dairy out of Stratford. Looking forward to seeing what their situation, what their farm is all about. And as time goes along, I'm sure we'll learn more. And this August, Wisconsin Farm Technology Days is in Chippewa County. And that's hosted by Jamie Klaus with the field demonstrations. But the tent city will be at... The Country Fest grounds. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about that one as we go along. We did have an update last Thursday about it. And um, I reached out to Rob Mooney. He's the chairman for the Chippewa County Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. And he says, let's talk again in about two weeks. We should have some more information about the tickets and more information about what's going on. And I always like to hear more about... What's going on in those gatherings? And I did bring up the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, and three of their backed bills have made it through the Wisconsin Assembly. Senate Bill 139 requires the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, or the DNR, to establish a statewide wolf population goal as part of the state's wolf management plan. And Senate Bill 431 expands the current permitting allowance for semi-trucks equipped with a sixth axle to carry 98,000-pound loads of milk and other milk products. Both of these bills have moved on to Governor Tony Evers' desk for signature or veto. And also, Assembly Bill 480 addresses a loophole in the current law that allows someone to claim farmland preservation credits for land that has been redeveloped as a solar generation facility. It moves on to State Senate for consideration. And what that bill is about is the farm credit service, farm farm preservation credits getting paid out to people that own the land, but they've developed it into a solar array. And they're selling the power from the solar array as a profit, so they're not really farming the soil, they're not farming the soil, they're using the land for generating power, which I'm not against by any means, but they're getting farmland preservation credits, so they're not, they're using the land, but they're not farming the land, so that's, there's a loophole that lets that get through and lets those payments um, get in some pockets that aren't really farming the land. So we'll see how far that one gets, and hopefully that one gets all the way through. It is that time for our first look at market, and let's kick her off with our cash livestock. Choice-fed beef steers are 170 to 183, with mixed steers 142 to 169. Choice-fed beef heifers are 172 to 181, with mixed heifers 123 to 171. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 150 to 178, with choice-fed Holstein steers 147 to 154, and select and silage-fed steers 120 to 146. Cows are 80 to 132, with bulls at 95 to 112. Butcher hogs are 25 to 54, sows are 17 to 24, and boars are 10 to 16. 16. Shorn and unshorn market lambs are $165 to $2. Feeder lambs are $2 to $3. Ewes are $75 to $140. Small goats are $25 to $185. Medium goats are 105 to $230. Large goats are $180 to $350 with nanny goats at $25 to $275. And our cattle futures. The live cattle those are trending downward today, for February one seventy seven thirty seven down a dollar seven, April one eighty one twenty two down forty five cents, June one seventy eight forty seven down thirty seven cents, and August one seventy eight twenty down another forty two cents, and our feeder cattle futures those are trending downward as well, March two thirty eight. Sixty-two down a dollar seven. April two forty-four sixty down a dollar. May two fifty oh five down a dollar twelve, and August two sixty-five oh five down fifty-five cents. Arlene hog carcasses. Those are trending upward today. For February seventy-five twenty-seven up thirty-five cents. April eighty-three forty-two up seventeen cents. May 88.05 up 25 cents and June 96.27 up 27 cents. And sliding on over to our Chicago Board of Trade, March corn sitting at 437 down two and a half cents, March oats 366 up a half, March soybeans 1192 down two cents, March soybean meals at 355 dollars a ton up a half. And March wheat 5.91 down a half, and our cheese markets; those are seeing a lot of upward arrows. I'm, I'm relieved that that's finally taking a turn. Barrel cheese 155, up eight cents. Forty-pound blocks 161, up seven and a quarter cents. Grade double A butter is sitting at 2.80 and a quarter up four and a half cents. And our Class Three milk futures. For January 1522 up twenty up two cents. February sixteen forty six up forty cents. March up fifty-three cents to seventeen oh six. April up another fifty-three cents to seventeen thirty-nine. And May 1762 up 37 cents. Good to see the milk futures up over $17 again. And that market is heading upward for the first half of the year, but then it's trending downward for the second half of the year. And that's our first look at markets. And it's time to take a look at our farm news. Due to low water levels caused by the recent drought, the Panama Canal Authority has had to adjust the daily limit of crossings to 24 per day which means only 24 vessels can travel through the canal in a 24-hour period. Recent rains have allowed the increase, and that's an improvement from the previous number of just 20 per day. Last year, the Panama Canal had 38 crossings per day. And in turn, the lower number of Panama Canal crossings has started to cause shipping companies to find alternative ways to move their products. One of the largest container shipping companies in the world, the Danish shipping firm, Masek, recently announced that it it will use the rail lines that run next to the Panama Canal to make the connection between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. And the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service released the amount of food products that were in cold storage just this last week. Total natural cheese stocks in refrigerated warehouses on December 31st were up slightly from last month, but down slightly compared to last year. Butter stocks were down 6% from from November and 8% from a year ago. Total frozen poultry stocks, both chicken and turkey, were up 4% from November, but only up slightly compared to a year ago. And those frozen fruit stocks were down 8% from last month, but, 4%, but up 4% compared to last year. Frozen vegetable stocks were down 7% from November and down 2% compared to last year. Red meat stocks and freezers were up 4% from the previous month, but down 9% from last year. And of that total, pounds of beef and freezers were down 11% from last year. Frozen pork was down 6% from last year, and pork bellies were down 11% compared to December 2022 amounts. So there's not as much stuff in storage. That's kind of interesting to figure that out and find that out. Um, And just this last weekend, the Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer Program Announced, Jacob and Jennifer Holswich from Fremont, Wisconsin, were selected as the 2024 Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmers during their 70th annual awards weekend. And Jacob has been in had the farming bug his whole life, and they are part of the Wapaka County Farm Bureau, and it just looks like they uh, they're sponsored. And the other one, other additional winners were Matt and Heather Roy. And they were named the Speak Up for Ag winner, which is sponsored by the Ag Review. And they were also the Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer runner-up. And they farmed near Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. And other finalists were Abby Driscoll from Newton, Wisconsin. Mitch and Mackenzie Kappelman from Manitowoc scott and katie Cohn from medford and ryan and Lacey went from pound wisconsin so it's always good to hear that that outstanding young farmer award keeps going and there's plenty of them out there that keep it uh keep it interesting i'm sure they have to go through a whole filling out the forms and they have to do interviews and it's uh And I always think it's kind of interesting to find out some of the new things that farmers are doing and thinking outside the box from the cover crops, which I think have become more popular just in recent time. I mean, they've always been around, but it seems like I'm seeing more of those cover crops out there. And even with the snow gone, that cover crop, and it's kind of green in a lot of fields, and that's always good to see. They're putting the nutrients back into the ground. So, And I'd like to bring up this weekend, melrose Maduro FFA is featured as our FFA on the air on Saturday morning, and we'll be hearing from those uh FFA members, a lot of stuff going on down in melrose Maduro, from the giving back to farmers and getting out in those fields in the fall to a lot of activities at the chapter level and moving on to state level. We'll also be hearing from the 4-H clubs, the Older Youth Council of Eau Claire County. They're going to be talking about a pancake breakfast that's coming up. Later th- later in February. I was going to say later this month, but it's later in February. We're going to turn that calendar page here this week, too. And I did hear from Bob uh, last night. I don't know. He sent me a text. It might have been this morning by the time I got it. But uh, he is planning on heading back to Wisconsin sometime this week.
2: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years.
1: Well, there was a big announcement that came out just, oh, a couple weeks ago about the 2026 Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. The 72nd Wisconsin Farm Technology Days is going to be held in Marathon County at the Rudetsky's No Joke Dairy in Stratford, Wisconsin. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. And I just was lucky enough to catch up with Matt Radetsky and Sam Radetsky too. Got the double whammy for me. And I think I've got Matt up first. Why did you guys decide to host Farm Technology Days?
3: Well, they were looking for a farm for the upcoming year of 2026 to have it hosted on a farm. And uh, figured we'd take that. One of our landlords her son is uh closely affiliated with one of the board members of farm tech days and uh that's kind of where the ball got rolling i guess essentially is how we got in contact with them and uh the board came out and kind of toured our farm to see if logistically it'd work here and said it would so that's kind of what started taking us down the road
1: and you've hosted other events before didn't you have a dairy breakfast just recently
3: We did have the Marathon County PPA dairy breakfast here in June. That was a good turnout for us, and we enjoyed doing that. And kept us on our toes just keeping the farm clean, so I guess we gotta got to do that again.
1: Well, a little bit of a jump head start on picking up around the area, and sometimes it's easier to keep it in check, I've found, at least where I'm at. I would like to find out a little bit more about Rodetsky's No Joke Dairy. Can you give me a little bit of the start of it? You weren't in the dairying from... You went off on a different road for a little while. Where did you go, and what brought you back?
3: I went over the road, stainless welding, for a good-sized company out of Stratford when I turned 18, and, uh, I mean, learned a lot of things there, brought some of that back to the farm, but then I uh, kind of decided like to come back to farming, so took this struggle back on.
1: You took over from uh, mom and dad, is that correct?
3: Yeah, mom and dad h- had the farm prior to us uh, starting the LLC up, and uh, well, Sam never really left the farm, but he was taking care of the animals the whole time that I was on the road welding yet when we were working on growing the herd.
1: We can bring in Sam. Sam, are the cattle and the cows kind of your specialty
3: yeah that's that's my main role here is a, i'm pretty well in charge of everything with the animals and that takes care of all the field work which i really don't enjoy driving tractor or anything associated with it so staying in the barn was a pretty easy choice for me
1: sounds to me like you're both lent to the talents that you've been tasked with then
3: yeah i i would say so i've I mean, even, even growing up, I kept most of the records on my dad's cows when I was probably 10 years old, starting out. I had it all memorized. And my, the first time I ever drove a tractor for my dad, I absolutely hated it. So that, it's just held true all the way up until now.
1: Well, I'm going to ask about Farm Technology Days on the farm in 2026. It's scheduled for July 14th through the 16th. As an attendee, what are some of the features that are going to be out there to see at the Rudetsky's No Joke Dairy?
3: Uh, We'll be doing uh, field demonstrations with uh, different crop harvestings, and uh, we'll be doing farm tours to, you know, tour through the barns, see how we do things, maybe learn something from us, and hopefully we'll learn something from you.
1: How many cows do you have, and how many acres do you run?
3: Uh, We run about 660 acres. Uh, We're currently at around 200 cows, but we are hoping to do an expansion between now and Farm Tech to go to 400 cows.
1: And you gave me cow numbers. What about young stock and from the heifers to the calves? Do you guys raise them from day one?
3: Uh, We do, yep. We raise most of our own replacements. Uh, We do still buy some cows in, but we've typically got about 120 head of replacements here.
1: And how about if we switch back to Matt again, and can you tell me about the cropping part of the farm? Uh, What do you plant in acres and what we will be seeing in the field demos?
3: Uh, the field demo part will be, uh, alfalfa harvesting and, uh, rye grass. We're looking if the weather cooperates. We're going to try and do, uh, like we do a later harvest on our heifer hay. We're going to try and incorporate that bailing into that show also, but weather permitting obviously on everything. Uh, as far as the farm total, we plant corn, soybeans, and then the hay crop, uh, soybeans are just kind of a filler in between where we have acres for what the cow needs are essentially for between the corn and hay ground.
1: And have you ever tried any specialty crops or anything different than outside that box?
3: We did the food grade soybeans back like 2014, 2015, but uh, there is a market for that, but I guess we just kind of went back to traditional stuff.
1: Well, I think it's special when you're out there working and getting the job done and providing for the cows. So with that acreage, are you able to provide enough for the cows and the young stock and the calves?
3: Yep, we currently have 20 acreage for supplying the farm needs right
1: now. Well, let's swing on back to Farm Technology Days. And out there in Tent City and all the demos and that kind of thing, do you see other specialties coming to your area that will be featured?
3: There's a lot of emphasis on cover crop right now in our area. With uh, There's a pretty good organization, the O'Plain Watershed Group, uh, you know, trying to eliminate runoff and holding soil structure, gaining organic matter. That I'm sure we'll have featured on, on the show also. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of technology Side of stuff to look at too. There's always always new stuff there.
1: And what about technology on the farm? Any features that you have that you'd be willing to uh, share with us right now?
3: Yes, our as far as technology right now, we're currently we're fairly simple. Uh, we do have robot feed pusher, alley scrapers. Uh, all of our crops when they're harvested go with our custom operator. That's all. All the John Deere Harvest Lab maps, That I mean, that comes in very great for seeing how the yield is, how different fertilizer applications affect the fields. I guess that's kind of our our technology that we utilize right now.
1: Well, and as that data is collected, do you get help with analyzing it so you know what to do the next time?
3: Yeah, our uh, agronomist goes through all that with Obviously, more knowledge and more in-depth knowledge than what we have to analyze those numbers and best put out product and for cost savings.
1: That's what I've noticed a lot. There's a lot of data out there, but unless you process it, it doesn't really yeah. help you out a whole lot. Well, it was really good to hear from Matt and Sam Rodetsky. I caught him off guard just a little bit yesterday morning, so I think they'd have more to say. And he's looking forward to chatting again in the future to find out more about what's going on for the 72nd Wisconsin Farm Technologies. I think it's 72nd. Let me look here. Yes, it is the 72nd Wisconsin Farm Technology Days that will be in 2026, July 6th. 14th through the 16th at Rodetsky's No Joke Dairy in Stratford. I've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on the line. And uh, you're a little curious about uh, Bob being out to Hawaii. Do you think you're going to have that as a plan for your future, (laughs) stay out there for a month? I can't
0: say I can blame a guy. I mean, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, when the stars all align, you do what you got to do, right?
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: So how were the markets there yesterday?
0: Uh, thank you, Jill. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this uh, yesterday Monday's uh, livestock auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. Uh, we sold right at fourteen hundred head uh, yesterday. High choice and prime Holstein fed steers from one forty-seven to one fifty-eight. Low choice and selects one thirty-two to one forty-six. Choice beef steers and heifers up to a dollar seventy-two. Market cows strong. Uh, high yielding cows from one hundred six to one twenty-six. Other cows mostly from eighty-five to one hundred five. Market bulls high yielding. From $1.05 to $1.18. Organic market counseled every Monday and Tuesday, mostly from 120 to 151 Calf market continues very strong. Newborn Holstein bull calves, mostly $250 to $500 per head. Your beef cross calves from $350 to $710. Holstein heifer calves, $200 and down. Today, Tuesday, uh, we are going to have a feeder cattle auction. We actually do have a very nice uh, lineup of uh, Holstein and beef feeders. Uh, got 65 to 6 weights from one farm i uh, got another group of 50 Holsteins from one farm, going to weigh five to eight, uh, plus many other smaller consignments. So it gets underway at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, then tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to have over 300 of dairy cattle, uh, going to have 150 cow Holstein parlor, freestall herd, lots of top reputation groups from some of our best consigners of fresh cows. Uh, then we have over 60 Jersey cows and and heifers as well. Uh, 9.30 a.m., Hay and Betty auction. Full details and all these advanced consignments with more details. Updated market reports daily on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, give us a call at Premier 715-229-2500. Don't forget, large farm machinery auctions coming up March 15th. That's how it's shaping up, Jill.
1: Well, I can't imagine how busy your uh, website is too, because that seems to be changing all the time.
0: Yep. Yep, it's a lot going on there, and like I said, probably that gets updated three, four times a day, every day of the week. So,
1: Well, you have a good rest of your day, and I think we get some sun again today. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, sounds great. All righty. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock.
4: For those who work in acres, not an hour.
1: And Mark McCarthy is in the house with some local news. Good morning, Morgan.
4: Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. What now? We look around the meeting table. A state level connects locally. Governor Evers is ordering a new task force to look at workforce needs of health care workers across the state. Yesterday, creating the task force on the health care workforce. The idea is to help the state find a way to get more people into the health care workforce and deal with specific challenges of hospitals, direct care and clinics across Wisconsin. Now, of course, that doesn't hit anywhere harder than locally. And a group that will try to see Eau Claire through the closings at HSHS and Prevea has its leaders. The group yesterday named retired health care executive Bill Rupp and a president of Northwestern Bank in Chippewa Falls, Jerry Jacobson to lead the task force. Their goal will be finding some answers for workers, patients, and the community as a whole once HSHS and Prevea close this spring and the task force has their first meeting today. We'll continue to follow in the days and weeks ahead as more of the repercussions of this and the story unfolds. In other headlines that take us across the state, a judge refuses to set aside a 40-year-old murder case in Polk County. A judge yesterday refused to Mary Bailey's request to dismiss charges against her. As prosecutors claim, Bailey shot and killed Yvonne Menke outside of an apartment in St. Croix Falls in 1985. The two were apparently dating the same man. Bailey says the case doesn't have any facts that point to her as the murderer. Bailey remains in jail on $300,000 cash bond due back in court in March. The name on the door will change in Chippewa Falls. Tim Johnson is out. Chippewa Falls School yesterday said Johnson resigned as their head of human resources and public relations. He's under investigation for a time as superintendent of the Glenwood City Schools. A former substitute teacher saying Johnson billed Glenwood City Schools thousands of dollars for grad school classes he may have never taken. Chippewa Falls School Board accepted Johnson's resignation last night. Well, if you want to spruce up the plates, blackout plates could bring in green. A proposal the Wisconsin legislature would add those black and white license plate options to the vanity plate list. It would have a black background and white text. It's been popular in other places across the Union. Iowa and Minnesota, you may have seen them there. These blackout plates have brought in more than 30 Million dollars in revenue since they were available there. Here in Wisconsin, now the co authors of the bill say the addition would bring in revenue for our state's road projects. And while we're on the road, let's follow the yellow brick one. We- The man who stole Dorothy's ruby slippers from uh, Northern Minnesota Museum won't spend any time behind bars. 76-year-old Terry John Martin pleaded guilty in October, admitting that he used a sledgehammer to steal the ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland, of course, in The Wizard of Oz. He said he got rid of them after he realized they weren't made of real rubies. Martin was sentenced to time served on Monday and ordered to pay restitution to the museum. And we better follow that yellow brick road right back to the bar and get those chores done. You are kind of a wizard of the farmland. We go back to it now and pull the curtain with Joe Welke and your Midwest Farm Report. And I have
1: somebody that came into the studio that I, you know, I don't know if I should salute him <laughs> or if I should um, just be in awe of all the things that he's done. And I've got Jerry Clark. He's the Chippewa Don in Eau Claire County extension educator, but he was just. Awarded the 2024 UW Madison Distinguished Teaching Award. Yeah, I think yes. so. You are teaching all the time from you know little old me to the masses. And did you do anything special to get that award?
5: Uh, no, Jill. That's that's what's kind of humbling about the whole thing. Is it's our job. That's what we do. Um, there's a lot of great extension educators out there, and to be nominated and then to be selected yet. Um, it's pretty uh, shocking. I was, I'm still pretty numb about it because, <laughs> uh, you know, this comes uh, from the, the university and a lot of campus-based educators that do outreach. And uh, to be selected from the extension uh, educator side of it, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, it's, it's, it's very humbling. I mean, there's a, a lot of great educators, like I said, around the state. Um, but they uh, wanted to nominate me, and I said, Oh, oh! I'm just flattered by that, and then to actually be selected—that uh, that's that's pretty shocking. So, um, I'm thankful for all the people that have attended my events and you know have commented how that I, they'd like to hear me talk or educate or whatever. And uh, we just keep doing our job. So that's all we do is put programs on and and move on to the next issue that we need to address.
1: Well, I think it's very well-deserved.
5: Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate everyone that's uh, sent notes, and once it, uh, you know, once my big sister put it out there, it seemed like uh, <laughs> everybody started commenting, but I appreciate all the support and help I've gotten over my career. It's been great.
1: And my and on my comment on it, and now realize that I've been in this job just two years, but you are busy all the time. You're from from the forage part to getting the crops in the ground to addressing the drought to you just have so many tools in the toolbox that you're willing to share. And, and getting so many, um, I don't know, experts from different places around the area. So it's not always based on the knowledge that you have. You're just willing no. to grab knowledge from other places. And I think that makes everybody um, just more in tune to what's going on.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what drew me to extension. You know, it came from a dairy farm, farmed with my, uh, on the family farm for a few years. And, uh, that part was no two, no two days are the same. And that's what, you know, that's a big, you know, plus to the job is every day is different. And then to, I learn as much as from anybody, I mean, you go to any farm tour, you're going to learn something. And farmers, you know, they're they're on the cutting edge. They say we are because of the research and things like that. But the farmers that implement this these things, they're the risk takers. Hey, this worked. I'm going to continue to do it. You should come out and see what I'm doing. This seems to be working. That's where you start to really get the the learning, and then you can put that program together and and pull more people into your into your educational uh, curriculum, whatever you're trying to to accomplish that, that, that the farmer is really where it, it starts and ends there because that's your audience, but you're also learning from them.
1: Well, sharing the knowledge and, and well, one thing that Bob told me when I started here, he said, every interview that you do, you're out there to learn something.
5: Absolutely. So yes. when
1: you go for that mm-hmm. mindset, I think that's amazing.
5: Yep. Yeah. You, you, you're never going to know it all and you shouldn't think you're going to, you're just, uh, you know, observe and, and, these are things that, uh, whether it's private industry, individual farms, uh, colleagues, we're always trying to pull whatever we can together. You know, and learning from, from you and Bob, it's been the same thing. It's, you know, oh, I, this, you hear of a farm doing a certain thing, that piques some interest. And in, uh, as extension agents, that's kind of our job is to, to pull those kind of things together and, and uh, teach where people you know live, in, live and work. That's kind of our motto.
1: Well, and talking about that continued teaching, you've got some events coming up now.
5: Yeah, we're still continuing with, um, you know, pesticide applicator training still out there. We have a grain marketing uh, program that uh, we kicked off last week, and the next session will be next next week, February 8th in Menominee at 10 a.m. at the Government Center. So if uh, grain marketing is of interest to you, uh, give us a call or uh, pop in. Um, We'll take anyone that... Wants to learn a little bit about, I think we're talking crop insurance and then how that fits in with with marketing. And then we also have a focus on forage webinar series. We do a four-part series every winter, and that'll start February 22nd. And so we've got a number of topics covering um, even crop insurance related to the forage side of things. So we've got a few folks from USDA Risk Management Agency and Dr. Paul Mitchell from UW-Madison to talk about that. Uh, we'll also have one of these sessions will be just specifically on alfalfa. And I think that's the concern now that we have no snow cover left. If we get cold, <laughs> we may be in trouble. Um, so far, soil temperatures are, are holding okay, uh, but those are some issues. And then March 6th has been a popular one. with our. That'll be our annual forage uh, topic. And so those are those kind of... Um, Alternative forages, maybe emergency forages if you look at it, but some farms have adopted these annual forages as their main forage source. Uh, Alfalfa maybe winter kills a little too much, or they just have difficulty establishing it, doesn't last long, and they're finding their yields and quality are just as good with some of these annual forages and and grasses. And then the last one, March 20th, will be on pastures and grazing. So we've got a nice little series set up over the next uh, couple couple of weeks from mid-February to the first part of March, and um, you can just register on our, our website, uh, Crops and Soils uh, website, and then um, you just register there and you'll get the link to the webinar and you'll be all set to go. And they run from 12.30 to one thirty, so it's kind of over that lunch hour. Uh, if you get a chance to listen in, uh, we'd be more than happy to have you on.
1: Well, in these webinars, you can listen in live.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I would assume there's a little interaction too.
5: Yep. So the speakers, we have a little Q&A type uh, session with them. And then if you can't make it, we do record and um, and post these for viewing later. It takes us a while to get them on there. We have to transcribe them and close caption them, those kind of things that need to be done. Uh, but within a few weeks, we get them posted. So if there's a topic that you can't attend, uh, you can go back and... and listen to the recording.
1: Or even if you watch it once and you want to watch it again, I know I find that I, after I watch it the second time I'm, I pick up on a couple more things. Mm-hmm. so
5: yeah, they go pretty quick and uh, sometimes hard to go back uh, live uh, in session, but you can ask questions, which is great of the speakers and then yeah you need, can go back and listen to the recording.
1: And I, always, I like the asking questions because I think a lot of times what I've learned are those questions that the farmers ask directly to the panel or to the speakers because I always think that if I'm wondering about something and they're willing to ask that question, I'm learning about more from it too. So there's a lot of that collaboration that goes
5: on. I think sometimes speakers, you know, they stick to their, you know, the the information they need to get out, but then that question allows for them to expand a little further onto something that, um, or there's, you know, it comes from a different angle. And then they can expand on that, or it's a something that peaks, maybe a new research project, or maybe something that they have to go back and, and dig into a little bit. So questions are always the best. I mean, the more questions you can get in a meeting, the, the better the meeting.
1: And I've uh, I worked in the education department or education system for a number of years, and I always remember the teachers coming up to me. This is a really dumb question. I always said to them. It's not a dumb question because if you're wondering, somebody else is probably wondering the same thing.
5: Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So um, that's what extension's for, whether it's a one-on-one phone call or popping into a meeting or attending any type of uh, program that we're putting on. I think uh, that's where we all learn from, and uh, if we can continue that, I think we'll, uh, we'll be okay.
1: Absolutely. Always good to keep that stuff moving here. I'm trying to move something here on my screen. It doesn't seem to want to move, so I guess I'll just uh, say thank you for coming in and congratulations yeah, on that 2024 UW-Madison Distinguished Teaching yeah.
5: Award. Yeah, thank you, Jill. It means a lot.
1: And that's Jerry Clark. He's the Chippewa Dunn in Eau Claire County Extension agent or educator, I guess they say now. So we better get back to our chores. We need to keep moving on through our morning and look at some markets. I've got Hot Eamon from Sparta Equity. He's in, coming in next.
6: Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers selling 173 to 180. Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 162 to 172. Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 148 to 168. Highland Choice Holstein Steers 148 to 155. Topping at 158. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 137 and 147 with unfinished steers. Heifers and Heavy Steers dollar to thirty six. Cow market steady quality beef slaughter cows up to $1.24. High yielding slaughter dairy cows 94 to 109. Cutters and utilities 58 to 93 with a low yielding in-canic cows 57 cents and down. Organic market today with the results from the January 29th sale with the high yielding slaughter organic cows selling 125 to 140. Thin and small organic cows 99 to 124 with the organic steers and heifers 140 to 160. Bull market steady most bulls bringing 97 to 112 with the thin full bulls over 2,200 pounds discounted at 96 cents and down. Calves sold by a pound today with a steady mark of the quality Holstein bull calves, bringing two seventy-five to four twenty-five Quality Holstein heifer calves, $0.50 to one twenty-five Quality beef bulls, $5 to $7. Quality beef heifers, $4.50 to $6.50 with a light import quality calves, $0.10 to $1 per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, January 31st, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hutt aimed at Equity livestock in Sparta with this marketing update. And we thank you for your business.
1: And we're looking for more updates. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line. And did you know that 2026 Farm Technology Days is right outside your back door?
2: Well, good morning to you, Joe. Yes, I, uh, I saw that uh, last week or whenever they put that out. A wonderful opportunity for folks around uh, this area to get there real close, especially, you know, you wanted to drive very far. And good morning, everyone. This is how the livestock sold yesterday yesterday. Uh, Monday here at Equity Stratford, the cow market continues to be good. Uh, good demand in the cows yesterday. High yielding fleshy Holstein cows are selling from ninety-six to a dollar fifteen. Uh, most of the cows that we sold yesterday sold between uh, seventy-five and ninety-five. Uh, these thin cows, like carcass plain cows, uh, seventy dollars and below. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls are selling mostly from uh, ninety-seven to a dollar fifteen. Lighter weight bulls, ninety-two and below. On the uh, Red cattle market, choice grading Holstein steers are mostly from uh, 135 to 150. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holstein's from 151 to 157. Select cattle, uh, underfinished cattle, 130 and below. And the calf market continues to be very, very strong. Folks, again, um, know what your calves are worth before you put them on the truck. Uh, uh, calf market is very, very good. 92, 130-pound Holstein bull calves, the good quality ones, selling from 250 to 500 dollars. A lot of bull calves yesterday. These fancy ones from 500 to a top of 550. Heifer calves, pretty decent demand on those as it, compared to a while back. Uh, mostly from a, uh, 100 to 270 on the heifer calves. Uh, beef calves again, would be very, very strong. 350 to 750 on those beef calves with a top at 770 on the beef bull calves. Well, we're at Tuesday already. we got to get going this morning at 10 o'clock here at Stratford. Hay on bedding auction. Folks, we've got a uh, big selection of hay today, including if you're looking for large squares of first crop, we've got a lot of those. Also, we do have a lot of round bales of second crop. So uh, if you're looking for some hay, it probably be a good time to get it. Uh, the weather is nice. Uh, uh, if you're running short on that, Hay pile you got. Uh, now's, now's a good time to replenish it before you get another snowstorm. I shouldn't talk that way, but we're only in January. So anyway, hay auction today at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock, we'll move up to the market auction, and, of course, we'll be selling organic cattle today, as we already do on Tuesday, along with the regular market cattle. I uh, just want to mention tomorrow, feeder cattle auction. We do have a nice line of feeder cattle tomorrow. A uh, big uh, consignment of Holstein steers, a one-owner consignment of over 70 Holsteins. Uh, they're going to weigh six to eight. Uh, uh, home-raised cattle, uh, good good cattle are ready to go in the feedlot. So if you're looking for Holsteins, that'll be tomorrow at 1230. And we also do have a good selection of beef cattle. So... You know, that's how things are going here at Equity Stratford, a busy week. Uh, of course, the weather is not going to change too much, and we did see the sun a little bit yesterday. I didn't, you know, I almost had to sit down, you know, and get sunstroke right away, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was actually just really nice to put on those sunglasses again and, and have a reason for it. So I appreciate the sun every day it comes out.
2: Yep. Well, anyway, you have a nice day. I know you're busy. We'll turn it back to you, and... Uh,
1: and that was Jared Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. And it is time for our last look at our markets. Chicago Board of Trade, March corn is sitting at 437 down two and a half cents. March oats, 366, up a fraction. March soybeans, $11.92, down two cents. And March wheat, $5.91 down a half. In our country, elevator prices: Golden Plump in Arcadia, four o four for corn; and Baldwin, three seventy three and eleven o seven; Chippewa Falls and Connorsville, three seventy one and eleven twenty; Duran, three sixty eight and ten ninety seven; Mondovi, three seventy three for corn and eleven o two for beans; Elmwood, three seventy eight and eleven o seven; Fall Creek, three sixty eight and eleven and ten ninety seven. Inacio 383 for corn and 1107 for beans, Elk Mountain 378 and 1114, Sparta 383 and 1103, Ellsworth 363 for corn and 1102 for beans, Loyal 378 for corn and 1102 for beans, Arcadia 398 and 1112 at our ethanol plants in Boyceville and New Richmond 393 cash corn price and Stanley 398. And our cheese markets barrels 155 up 8 cents. 40 pound blocks 161 up 7.25 cents Gray Double AA butter 280 and a quarter up four and a quarter cents. And our class three milk futures looking up. January 15, 22, up two cents. February 16, 46, up 40 cents. March up 53 cents to 1706. Good to see $17 milk again. And that's our last look at our markets. And one last look at our weather today, high of 30, or today right now it's at 38 degrees, high of 40, and 40's into the foreseeable future. That's what I have for the Farm Show this morning. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other.
2: You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.